Hey, I'm Zach Arias, and you are listening to He Shoots and He Draws Podcast. Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws Podcast, the show about photography and design, with your hosts, Glenn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hello and welcome back to He Shoots, He Draws, the weekly podcast about photography and design and business. And sometimes we get all of it mixed up in one go. <laughs> um, I'm Dave Clayton and my co-host is Glenn Dewis, who joins us most weeks because sometimes we have to go solo. <laughs> yeah. uh, Hello, mate. Good evening, Glenn. Hello, mate. We have just finished. What I know we say this lots of times. It's probably like, oh, God, here they go again. Another <laughs> but we are just like really lucky. We've got some good friends and we're really lucky when they say yes. And today was no exception. Is we we had a really good friend of ours, but I'm going to let you say who it was because without this man, we would not be sat here talking. Completely, yeah. This is uh, somebody we've both wanted on here for a, a quite a while, but I just didn't, didn't know if he'd be up for it. But he did. He was game on straight away. It's Zach Arius, and yeah, like you said, uh, 100%. If I had to say um, one person who has had the biggest impact on my career my my photography everything apart from you of course yeah uh one person is is zach because there's a long story which i won't bore you with uh where i eventually i kind of went out to atlanta and spent some time with zach when i first kind of started out really and it had a massive impact on me uh and so it's not only the fact that i've got his friendship and his and his teachings but it's his honesty and it's clear that so many many people that we have come across have benefited from Zach. I think he was the first person I ever knew that was so honest about the industry, yeah. you know, because it is so sugar-coated, isn't it? Especially the social media side of things. You look at it, and he does talk about this in the episode, where yeah. everything is brilliant, everything that touch turns to gold, and for once it was Zach that just turned around and said, you know what, that isn't the case. And he turned that kind of negative into a positive, and it's just, yeah, yeah massive, such a massive impact and, and just a, a just a great guy. Yeah, and I follow, I've got his book, I've, I've watched his videos, I see his Instagram feed. As a person, as a human being, he's it doesn't matter what he does. Mm. It's just the kind of person he is and the kind of values he's got. And, you know, and he, he'll admit, like anyone, we have good days and bad days. It's yeah. how you come through the bad days. But um, it that went so quick this tonight. It's a little bit longer, but it's worth it. We've Absolutely. Had, we've had dogs in it, we've had <laughs> skateboards in it, so there's been... We've talked about been cooking and Ricky cooking, Gervais. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so um, so we hope you enjoy this one. This is, um, in fact, we actually recorded it the night before it's going to go live. So when you're listening to this, we actually recorded this last night, if you get it on the day of release. Um, Glyn and myself are off to the photography show who are our partners this is the last week that we're that we're partnered with them for it so uh, no more code you should have got your ticket by now but um come along to the photography show at nec uh, in birmingham uh, we'll be off tomorrow or today friday we'll be up there until tuesday so if you're around come along and say hello and uh, enjoy the show and if you're not just you know watch online keep keep doing what you're doing listen to the podcast share it all the usual stuff but uh let's let's just not talk anymore no, let's, let's not talk anymore let's just that. get on with it because this is yeah. just class this is quality so i'm going to introduce it in the usual way dave and i'm going to go with zach who are you who am i i don't know i seem to ask myself that a lot uh these days um i'm a photographer by trade uh, I'm based out of Atlanta, Georgia in the U.S. I do mostly commercial and editorial portrait work. Uh, so that uh, works out to be 
in either in studio or on location. I'd say vast majority of my work really right now is location based. And I, yeah, I shoot portraits for people who will hire me to shoot their portrait. Uh, I'm a part-time educator I've, for about the last uh, 12 or 14 years. I've done some workshops and uh, I've done some education online and things like that. So I enjoy the teaching aspect of it. I don't do that full time right now in my life. But uh, yeah, I'm a single dad. I've got three boys that range in age from nine years old to 20 years old and three boys. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of me right now. That's a good start. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, actually, funny enough, you, you mentioned there about the education, Zach. So I'm going to quickly dive in because, like I said, I do not want to forget to say this. And this is my, I'm not going to say this is my gushy moment, but I just want to get this off gushy my chest. Moment. This is my it gushy is moment. It's gushy. It's, it's literally, to, no, literally is to say, let's just get it out there, that 100% guarantee you that this would not be happening now, this recording wouldn't be happening now, and I would not have the career I've now got if it hadn't been for you, and I've got, I don't know if I've ever actually said that to you, Aww. but but the story, and I, you know, it's, it's just true. It's it, true. Is, it I... is absolutely true. We were talking about this before we came in here, me and Dave were. But basically, I don't, I don't know if you know the story, Zach, behind this. But it was going back to when you did your One Light, the first uh, version one, one of your One Light mm-hmm. DVD, and Dave Cross, you know, Dave Cross, Photoshop yep. kind of a Photoshop guy, he basically recommended that to me, or he recommended it to everybody, and I saw the video, I got it on his recommendation and I watched it and it literally did make the light bulb go on and I messaged you now I don't know if you remember this either I emailed you completely out of the blue you didn't have a clue who I was and I emailed you to say thanks for the de- doing you on light it's made a huge difference to me now I didn't get a reply however yeah, no, no 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 listen did listen. I reply <laughs> yes you that did. would have been amazing now this this is the weird thing you did reply I and did. we talk you did it's about three maybe four months later yeah, it sounds like. And me. I, I kid, I kid you not. I was, uh, I'd been in bed. I woke up and there's a message from you, and I was like, yeah. And it said, "Hi, Glenn. Sorry for the delay. Something like that." He says, uh, uh, "Been I like loving what you're doing." Blah 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 blah. And I was like, "Okay, that's weird." And it said something about come and join me in Atlanta. So I replied, thinking it was somebody pranking me. And right. I was going, "Yeah, but yeah, very very funny." You know, put the phone down. That was it. Or put the phone. Next thing you know, I go to sleep again. An hour later, I wake up and you'd you'd message back. And it was, no, check the email address, come and join me in Atlanta. Yeah. And that was literally it. So obviously we then, I then came out to Atlanta, spent the week with you, we did the one light, and that was a massive, massive thing for me, mate. So firstly, I don't know if I've ever said it, but thank you. You're welcome. I would not be doing what I'm doing now if it hadn't been for you. So right, gushy moment. Done. No, no, I remember when you came out <laughs> to that workshop here in Atlanta, you were, like, you just got off the plane and came to the workshop. And um, I want to say it was somebody in Kelby's camp that told me about you it may have been dave right um but somebody in kelby's camp was like oh this dude glenn he's in the uk he's fantastic he's awesome um so that must have talked like this (laughs) yeah and uh yeah i'm i'm really bad at getting back to to emails um and uh but i'm glad that our paths crossed how many years ago that's well been, that's again we're talking eight, about this it's, got, it's got to be it's got to be nine ten years it has yeah, to be nine, yeah. Ten years now. yeah yeah definitely yeah so um yeah so there you go i just wanted to yeah. say thank you and there's plenty of other people that do as well because matt well, Pereira, he's a friend of ours he was a guest on the podcast fairly recently 
And he said one of the defining moments for him was the One Light DVD. Oh, so there well, you go. Anyway. And I can vouch for it because every time Glenn talks to anybody about, like, when they say, how do you get started? I could tell that story because he's so, like, appreciative of what you did. It's like when I see him talk about you, I'm like, oh, yeah. You can you can just see he's like, oh, if it hadn't been for him, if he hadn't done this gesture. I think it was the gesture, I think, really, that was the yeah. defining thing for you is the fact that you got to go to America and, and take part. And, and well, yeah, and I wouldn't have met him. So it's your so fault. You well, <laughs> it's my fault. Well, I am glad to be of service. Um I, I mean that's that's um, I'm I'm glad to be able. I've struggled with photography for so long, and you know I I've often told people that I don't have any special skill. I don't have this like innate talent. I wasn't born to be a photographer. Um, it's been an uphill you know crawl for me to learn this from the very start. And I remember some of the folks in my life who gave me those aha moments where the light bulb kind of went off, where you'd been learning about something for months and months and months, and it was all a kind of a mess. And then I, I remember this one guy in particular, Greg Foster, he's a photographer here in Georgia. Uh, he came in and gave a talk to our photography class one day. And just his simple talk about how he used lights brought everything together. So I had, I had these puzzle pieces, but no one could put them together for me. And then Greg Foster came along and said, this is how it all fits. Or th- that was the moment, you know. Um, and, you know, I tell you what, uh, one, one struggle I have personally, being a photographer, I'm, I'm first a photographer and I'm second an educator. Um one of the struggles I have is I have some goals in my life, you know, those kind of Mount Everest tops of career moments that I would like to have that I fear I never will have. All right. I, I think of the movie, Mr. Holland's Opus, um, where Richard Dreyfus plays Mr. Holland and he's going to write his music and uh, it's going to become a composer, but he, you know, life happens, family happens, and he has to get a job, and he starts teaching music at a high school, and then suddenly 30 years of his life go by, and he's been teaching music, and he never composed his opus. And at his retirement party, all of his students came back, and they were his opus, right? Yeah. Um, you know, one of my, something that I put on my wall when I got a chance to become a photographer again, I was trying to be a photographer, lost it all, had to quit the industry, walked away for two years, came back. And one of the things I pinned up on my wall was a cover of Rolling Stone magazine. And I'm like, I'm going to shoot the cover of Rolling Stone magazine one day. And I'm now uh, 46 years old. I still haven't shot the cover of Rolling Stone magazine, but I feel like one day I'm going to get a phone call or I'm going to get an email that, you know, I probably won't reply to. Um, <laughs> or someone, you know, I'm going to meet someone somewhere and they're going to go, Zach, hey, my name is so-and-so. Listen, I really appreciate the videos that you've put out. I, I Or I went to your workshop, you know, years ago, or I did this thing and I watched this thing you did. And I just want to thank you. You set me on a path. And I just shot my first cover of Rolling Stone magazine. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I kind of, I kind of feel like that's what's going to happen in my life. 
Yeah, um, that'll be your opus. Yeah, that some other their person gets to shoot. But if it's you saying that you want to do it, and you say that that you feel could happen, yeah, how would it's hard to answer, I guess. But how screw would that, that make guy. you feel? <laughs> yeah, screw um, that guy. How would that make yeah, you feel? right. Like I would want to hug them and punch them all in one gesture. <laughs> Just go in, go in for a big hug, and then. I, I don't know. Come back arm. And, and then just squeeze really hard. Punch him Chinese in the face, <laughs> right? Like maybe a kidney punch from behind. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't, I don't know. I, uh, part of me, it's this yin yang thing. It's this that would be a massive success if I could help somebody get on a career path to where they're shooting Mark Seliger, Andy Leibovitz. Uh, Peggy Sirota, um, you know, level of work, and I was able to help get them there. That's a massive, huge success, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, think about that. Richard Avedon had to have somebody who helped him along. You know, yeah. like all of us have had somebody help them along. Um, yeah, but you you look at. I mean, what you mentioned in there, uh, Zach, about you to be able to help to somebody to get to that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I was chatting to. In fact, me and Dave we were, we were chatting to um, Rick Wenner again, mutual friend of ours, based mm-hmm. out in New York, and yep. we met. I met Rick and became friends with him because of you. And there's Rick now, and I, I have often thought when I see Rick's work, and he's out there, and he's fo- he's getting work photographing work. celebrities. Yeah. I think how was how would you how do you feel? seeing the way that Rick's moved on and he is doing that kind of stuff. So that's, yeah. you know, and he did say that that is in big part down to you. So, I mean, uh, no, Rick, Rick's unbelievable. Like where his work has come from and where it's gone, you know, and I'm not sitting here like, you know, photographing at a kiosk in a mall for, you know, coffee mugs. Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm doing a level of work that, 10 years ago I could have only dreamed of doing right but where I see myself right now is I've made it to base camp at Mount Everest mm-hmm. you know like if I personally Zach Arias as I sit here today went to base camp at Mount Everest I would die it's 14,000 feet right like I would be sucking air like I would be passing out <laughs> I could not even make it to base camp. And base camp is just welcome to the starting line, you know? Yeah. If you think about, if you wanted right now where you guys sit, say, I want to go to base camp at Mount Everest, that would be a massive journey. And once you were sitting at 14,000 feet, if you were not prepared for that, you would die, right? Like, you couldn't handle it. And then you imagine, like, you look at your your heroes who are up there on the Hillary's arch, who are up there like summiting, you know, and you're just trying to survive at base camp. So I look at my career right now that I, I have hit base camp at Mount Everest. Uncomfortable Um, there. I I can live like I'm doing it. I struggle. Um, Last year was probably the worst year of my business ever because of, who knows why, but it was a tough year last year. Um, but I'm here, I'm still doing it. And, you know, I've, I've had good accomplishments. Uh, I've shot covers of magazines. Uh, I, I do national campaigns. It's not the thing that I posted on my wall, but I'm doing 
work, right? So it's it's that constant carrot. It's that constant drive for me that like I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing it to the level I want to do it. And I don't, I, I honestly struggle. Is that pride? Is that ego? Is that just simply that whatever you do, you always want to be better at? I was just going to say, is it because you're, you're never going to, you're never really, and I suppose it's a good thing, is you're never going to really get to where you want to be because there's always that next thing to achieve, isn't it? Absolutely. I, and is it what, all, I mean, with you, is it, always, is it always going to be a case of unfinished business? I hope so, because I've met few, not, and I'm glad to say that there aren't many of these people in our industry, but I've met a few people who feel very comfortable where they are. They do that thing that they do. They're known for that thing that they do. And they just ride that out. And you can watch in about 10 years, they're kind of not doing anything anymore because they, they didn't change. They didn't evolve. They didn't, they didn't grow as a person, as a photographer, as a business person. Like they just got stuck, right? Uh, one of my big heroes in this industry living today is Gregory Heisler. Um, Gregory Heisler is just really one of one of my heroes. And I've learned a couple of different things from Gregory. Um, one is I've watched him pace back and forth before he was about to give a talk. And he was nervous. Like he's done this over and over and over again. He's photographed presidents and celebrities. And he's done, he's done, you know, he, he's forgotten about photography more than I know about photography. Um, he has done so many things at the highest level. Like he is a Mount Everest summit kind of person. But I've watched him get nervous, you know, before he has to do his thing. And I'm like, I'm nervous. And if Gregory Heisler's nervous, then I'm always going to be nervous. The other thing I learned is is I was talking to him one time and I was asking him about, you know, photography and had he ever done personal work. Funny enough, interesting, he's never done personal work. And I asked him, I was like, well, what would it look like if you did personal work? What if, what if you just were given a couple of years and a camera and you could just do whatever you wanted? And there were a number of things he said, but one thing that stuck out with, to me was he's like, I am not interested any longer in taking the pictures I know how to make. I'm only really interested in taking the pictures I don't know how to make. Wow. Mm. Okay. And that was kind of one of those that at first I sort of, I wrote that off as, well, that sounds deep, but you know put it in a nice font on Facebook and it sounds like, wow, yeah. But really, it's just kind of like some shallow bullshit. But I, in my life right now, I think I think he told me that like five, six years ago. And I, in my life right now, I, I'm really starting to understand what he meant by that. Like, like he has done so much in photography if if you ask Gregory Heisler to set up a white seamless and shoot a portrait, he could probably do that on his deathbed. You yeah. know, um, he's not interested in shooting portraits on white seamless at all. Like that's the last thing that he wants to shoot. You know, um, and and I'm I'm a little bit there in my life of I've done this and I've done that and I have a. I have kind of a way that I do things. I have a way that I approach photography. I, I kind of have a way that, 
you know, this is how I work and this is what I do. And, and usually on the jobs that I'm working on, I don't have a lot of time. So I have to get in, get the job done, make everyone happy. I've got to make the subject happy. I got to make the client happy. I got to make sure that it's going to, you know, work for the publication or whatever the end use is. And, and I'm a very good technician at that point. Um, and a lot of times it calls for, hey, we need you to go to this location, set up a white seamless, take this picture. It's got to be clean. It's got to be simple. It's got to be fast. It's got to be efficient. It's got to be connected, blah, 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 blah. And I've done it so much that if you give me two years on my own to just do whatever I wanted, the last damn thing in the world I'm ever <laughs> going to shoot is a white seamless <laughs> photograph because I, I really don't care. You know, um, some of the personal work that I've been working on for two years, people are like, oh, I'd love to be a subject for you. I also need a headshot. And I'm very selfish with my personal work. And I'll say, well, you can contact me at a different time about a headshot, but I'm not shooting that. I'm not I'm not going to show up and shoot a headshot for you because that's the last thing I want to shoot right now. I really don't give two about a headshot. Yeah, and you're psyched up for the job. You're, you've, you've, like you say, you've set your, you set your stall out for a project. You know, there's maybe a challenge, or there's maybe, maybe something you want to try new. Yeah. You don't want to do that headshot. You want to do what you're focused on, which is to get this incredible image that you've planned to do, or not I've, incredible. I've, 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 seen, I've seen a really big. I have seen over the last ten years. I think it is now. Obviously, the change in your work, um, and. If I've, so I've literally just come off from looking at it anyway. Now, your portfolio now on your Zacharias.com website, I think it's probably fair to say that there's a lot of um, mood and atmosphere in your pictures. There's a lot, there's definitely some kind of, there's a feeling to them. But I'm trying to get, a, I wrote down here to ask you, if somebody didn't have a clue who you were, but they looked at your pictures, your your personal work there, there's like the, the lady that's in the bath, there's that derelict building, there's some stuff. What would you want your pictures to be saying about you? Because I look at it and I think, what kind of guy is this? But is there, is there, a, is there something there that people, you'd want them to sort of say, this is the kind of guy he is? Or do you think yeah. you're revealing a lot about yourself by your pictures? Yeah, maybe like, wow, he must be in therapy. Um, and not to make light of therapy, but but my personal work right now is therapy uh for me it's um my personal work is i have always for for years ever since um ever since i learned about music from manchester uh i have dealt with depression and anxiety <laughs> um you know um the smiths and the cure and joy division yeah that'll do, uh, that'll do yeah. it um but no i I've, I've dealt with depression and anxiety and uh very low self-confidence for you know most of my life that i can remember at least from formative teen years right you know mm -hmm. early teens and up uh to this day that i deal with these things and with my personal work over the last two years is that's me trying to work out my own shit. so when i'm working on personal projects my personal projects in the past used to be things like I'm bored shooting corporate work so let me get in touch with a modeling agency let me have them send over some you know new talent I'll get a hair and makeup artist we'll get pretty people in front of pretty light and take pretty pictures and and that work was fine it was different and 
but it never is going to go anywhere. Like, the last goddamn thing the world needs is some pretty girl standing next to a softbox, you know. With her head crooked and her hand in a position she'd never be. Yeah, like, no one gives a f***, you know, like... Unless unless you live, eat, and breathe fashion photography, really no one gives a shit, you know? Um, it's work that I can't go and show photo editors or art directors or anything. Mm. Like, it's nothing that I can really put in my portfolio. The light might be nice, and the styling might be great, and it might be a really pretty person, guy, girl, whatever, and really either technically interesting light or pretty light or... But it's just, uh, whatever, like, whatever. Um, I, I, as, as I was dealing with a lot of turmoil in my personal life three or four years ago, I was like, I have to get off my ass and I have to do something and I have to make something out of this. And I can't do it the old way that I used to do it. This can't just be something different than commercial and editorial work it has to be me and it has to be personal when i say personal work i need to actually make it personal uh, i'm not personably fashionable if you've ever met me or seen me in person you'll know that um i live in atlanta so it's not like new york miami paris milan atlanta um you know it doesn't oh, roll Oxford. right off to oxford yeah, Newcastle, Ma- um, Manchester, Manchester. <laughs> Swindon. <laughs> you know, at least Manchester has like amazing music. Um, so I I started putting a call out. I'm like, I don't want to shoot talent. I don't want to shoot someone from an agency or, or someone who's particularly an actor or an actress who are always, you know, in front of the camera. I just want to shoot people on my social media feed or friends or friends of mm-hmm. friends and... Um, I want to have no expectations going into the shoot. I don't want them to have any expectations other than I'm there to make pictures I want to make. I'm going to be a hundred percent selfish. When If I set up a, a personal shoot now, these days, it's all for me. This is completely for me. Yeah. Um, is my dog making too much noise? No, no. It's, it's atmosphere. Don't worry. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's character. <laughs> my, my snorting dog, is she scratches her snout gracie i'm just glad you clarified that noise was your dog (laughs) (laughs) we've had dogs as guests before (laughs) yeah all right good but um i'm 100 percent selfish and i want to just take pictures for me that that say something to me um and i don't worry about whether my subject is on board with it or not like i'm not going to do something that they're uncomfortable with you know per se i'm not going to you know cross any lines in that kind of way but uh it's for me and i hope that if i make it personal for me that it will resonate with them as well because the thing that the, the thing about being a portrait photographer that sucks is that you need people right I'm not a landscape photographer because I don't get up early in the morning. Um, I'm not a still life photographer. I'm not. I'm not like banging on those genres. I'm not saying they're bad. It's just not who I am. I'm a people person. I'm a portrait person, and I'm always jealous of musicians and writers and sculptors. Like 
um, you know, painters. If you get an idea at two o'clock in the morning and you're a musician, you can get up mm. and go to your guitar, your piano, your whatever. You can you can at least start working on the bones of a song, of a of an idea. You can be sussing it out. You might need a whole band to do it, but you can be working on it. All I can do is draw stick figures on paper. Like, I got this idea. Like, there's going to be a person, and it's a circle, and, you know, stick figure person, and, like, here's light, like, and it's just lines, and it's stupid. I can't wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and go make a picture, right? Like, I can't do that. I, I have to find a location. I have to find, you know, people. I have to find, you know, maybe wardrobes or props. I It's going to take logistics for me to get up off my ass and go make something. If I could trade it in right now, I'd be a musician. I would love, I would love to just be able to sit down with a guitar or at a piano or something and, and make something like there's something inside of me. I need to make it. And it's really hard to do that as a portrait photographer. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of designers I know are all frustrated musicians, ex-musicians, ex-skateboarders as well. It seems to be they had this creative thing in their life, this kind of passion. Um, They end up getting drawn into photography and design, but there are lots of similarities. But like you say, if 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 I was a musician, I'm sitting at home thinking, oh, I've got this great idea for a tune, pick my guitar up, start piecing it together. But when you, like you say, you're in this kind of odd feeling and it's like, I really need... I've really got this idea for this photograph um, and I'm you know, looking through your images now and they are so different. Is that when you say a portrait photographer, a lot of people think headshot photographer. Right, right. But actually what you're doing is you've then got to go and get that person. You've got to get that, you've got to get that mood back that you had at two o'clock in the morning, yeah. three days later at four o'clock in the afternoon and, and like reimagine that. So I can, you know, I can't begin to imagine how hard that is because yeah. I, I'm a designer. I can get a bit of paper and I can start drawing my stick figures and and Photoshop and Illustrator and all that. So, but yeah, yeah. That, I, and then you know, like you'll see a bit of light that you're inspired by, but you don't have a person to put in that light, or the location isn't great, but the light is, and so then technically, once I do have a person and a location and all of that. Then I have to start thinking about, okay, I, I'm wanting to create this mood and this look. Now I have to technically create it. It has to happen here. Um, and it's just an, another, that that's the easier thing for me to deal with. I can deal with the technical. It's finding the people and the location and the time. What really sucks is like, God, I wish I could go shoot today. I have the whole day off. I've got nothing going on. I need to go make a picture today and no one's available, you know? And then when people are like, oh, I'm available, that well, I'm off busy doing something else and I, I can't be. Sucks. One, one thing I've, I've always thought about you and it was probably the, the first person ever to be so, so damn honest about this whole industry. And that, that's one of the things that kind of drew me to you anyway, but because everything seems to be so sugar-coated it's the facebook world of photography that everything people touch is you know turns to gold and blah 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 blah. but but you have always been so so incredibly honest and me and dave wanted to kind of thinking of that there has that ever has that ever hindered you 
your honesty or is it something that you found that has just helped people you know it, i guess people know you for it as well yeah. because you are quite open and honest you like listen i'm i'm disappearing for th- I, I need to get off everything for a month two months three months and, yeah. and sort my shit out and then people know that of you so they kind of respect who you are yeah um well i tell you you know i grew up i, I started this uh you know trying to be, become a photographer a little over 20 years ago. And this was before the advent of the internet. We were all still shooting film. There were still kind of very well-worn paths of how you would become a photographer. You're going to go be an assistant, and then you're going to manage a studio maybe, and then you're going to head off on your own, and you're going to do X, Y, and Z to become a photographer. And there was a lot of fake it till you make it. There was a lot of posturing. Um... Yeah, you always if you were meeting someone, you you wanted to to put your best foot forward. If you would have met me, let's say sixteen, seventeen years ago, I would have been projecting this seven foot tall picture of myself. I would have been uh, embellishing anything I was working on to make it sound a little more important or a little more interesting than what it was and. I would take a grain of truth and I would make a loaf of bread out of it because that's how I thought you did things. And it never worked out well for me. I actually wasn't doing anything that was of importance. And anyways, my personal life went to hell. That was followed by my business life going to hell. Like everything came down. I left the industry. I was having a difficult time in life. And when I had a chance to come back, it was, I came back in a field, uh, you know, a genre of the industry I had zero desire to be in. And that was in wedding and portraits. I did not want to shoot weddings ever. I did not want to shoot family portraits. And the way I was able to become a photographer again was shooting weddings and portraits. Um, So it was a bit of a humble pie I was eating. Um, and then I realized how difficult that was, how hard it was, how much I should respect wedding photographers and family portrait photographers because it's really difficult work. Um, but what happened was, is when I was struggling, when I was having a hard time and when I was losing my grip in this industry that we love, there was no one out there speaking to that. Everyone was like, stepping off of a helicopter just did this huge job they're going out and having drinks with madonna like everyone that had a face forward in the industry was doing really awesome and life was great and check me out and look at this new camera just got these new lights in welcome to my studio let me give you a tour and you know it's all the like pimp my crib style mtv like got my big psych wall i got my 18 soft boxes i got my three assistants you know we just finished a campaign for some major national brand like they weren't struggling they weren't depressed they all their bills were paid like they weren't like paying half of their power bill just to not get it cut off like and no one was out there going man sometimes it sucks sometimes it's hard like i'm struggling right now and i just shot a really job for a really 
client and I hate all my pictures. Um, I'll never show them to you because they're boring. No one was doing that. And so when I had a chance to come back to the industry, I was like, you know what? I need to say the things that I need to hear. Hmm. So typically when I'm talking to my peers and my colleagues in this industry, I look at it as I'm speaking to myself. I am saying the things that I needed to hear back then, and I'm still saying the things I still to this day need to hear right now, right? Like it's not better for me. I'm still struggling. I'm, I've like last year, my business last year was just, it was horrible. I was 48 hours from my house going into foreclosure proceedings kind of thing. Like, what do I sell to keep my life alive right now? And a big inspiration for me uh, was Joe McNally. I know you guys are big Joe McNally fans. I am as well. Another hero of uh, the industry. And, you know, listening to Joe tell his story of, like, taking bird baths in his studio sink, living in his car, like the the faces of 9-11 project bankrupting him. Um, listening to that man who has done so much in this industry and hearing him just honestly talk about his struggles just gives me so much hope mm-hmm. yeah. that maybe, you know, I'm struggling, but it's okay because I have this dream too and I look up to him and he's struggled so it's okay that I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember um, getting I, Joe and I were together on an event. And we had the afternoon off, <laughs> and we we end up at this we end up at this like used camera store, and it's this massive used camera store, and it's just they had all the shit everywhere, just just cases and cases and cases of stuff. And Joe's walking through there, and he's like, "Oh my god, I used to have that lens. I sold that to, to pay the mortgage." Oh, I used to have that camera body. I had two of them, but I sold those to pay like, you know, a hospital bill. I used to have one of those and I sold that to buy my car. And I used to have one of the, like, like just hearing Joe talking through all the gear he once had and then had to sell for like your mortgage. Yeah. And I go, Hey, Joe McDally had to sell to pay his mortgage. I can sell to pay my mortgage. Like it's not, it's not a failure. Right, no. I'm I'm not a failure because I'm having a difficult time. That's Absolutely. what I love about people being so honest is because so many times you find yourself saying, "Thank God," do you know what I mean? I'm not the only one who's going through that because there is that thing, isn't there? If you if you spend too much time on social media, you can fall into that trap oh, of God. is it only me that everything just sucks right. for at the moment? Right. Um, yeah. And yeah, like, no, look at Joe. You just mentioned Joe. We saw him a few months ago. We're going to see him this weekend. He's in yeah. Birmingham. Yeah. You know, Joe McNally's not sat at home in a big lazy boy sipping whiskey, watching the watching the game. He's travelling around the world constantly, like shoot after shoot, and still out there working. Yep. Now, still doing said, it. If Joe Ma- if Joe McNally is still out there shooting and working, you've got no excuse to be sat in a coffee shop whining over a latte on Instagram. When well, you're not. You're not working you're i know yeah it's easy for me to say that oh you're not working you've still got to get the work but you know it's, it's joe tough, is still you know? working yeah i mean i'm still working but also i'm still struggling right yeah so so like i'm not you know we we can't quickly write off people struggling but don't be 
like I understand complaining, um, but it's not easy. If you're thinking like this is going to be pretty easy, it's yeah. not. Zach, one of the things I picked up on when we first started talking and recording this was it, it, very in, in two successive times you said you're first a photographer, second you're an educator. Yeah. Now I'm kind of trying to trying to blend this into what we're talking about at the minute because obviously in the at the moment to me it seems like there are, there's a lot of people out there who are very fresh in the industry who are educating and there's a lot of people who are very seasoned in the in the industry who are also educating but you are there saying first talker second educator so the fact that you're saying that just seems to be something that you really it's, it seems like it's a message I am this. Whereas, does that mean that there's a kind of feeling that you have about the way the industry is with there being so many professing to be educators? Yeah, I I have a real difficult time figuring out who I am as photographer slash educator. Um, um, it, I got in this to be a photographer, right? I got in this because I wanted to make photos. Like, I wanted to create photography um and what happened to me um about 10 12 years ago someone asked me to do a workshop uh it's been over 10 years now 12 years something like that i'm bad with dates they asked me to do a workshop and i was like what's a workshop what do you want me to do and um and i did one then i did another one and then then i did another one and then suddenly like i started doing lots of workshops right and I, it was lucrative and it was easier to announce a workshop than it was to find a client kind of a thing. And then I started, I, I want to be the kind of educator that is teaching from the trenches. And what happened to me at that point in my life was my workshops were like, okay, last week I was on a job and this happened and this is how I dealt with it to... A few months ago, I was on a job and this is what happened and this is how I dealt with it too. Last year, I was on a job and this is what happened. I'm like, huh. And two kind of formative things happened to me um, around this period. I was trying to put a new print portfolio together. So I was going back through the last year or two of my work, picking portfolio pieces to put a new print book together. And all the best work that I could pick from the last two years were all things I shot at workshops. And having shot them at workshops, I'm the type of teacher that I set things up and then let everyone come in and shoot it. So, you know, 10, 12, 14 people have that same picture for the most part, right? Um, And I'm like, wow, these are all workshop pictures. None of this is work that I went out and I got or that I went and made on my own or any of that. So... The other formative thing was I was at Photo Plus one year in New York speaking, and Vincent Lafferay was there uh, speaking as well. And uh, Vincent's a like good friend of mine. I've we've known each other since our like college days, um, so I've known Vince for a long time. And we went to this uh, get together at a at a bar, this kind of like mixer at a bar in New York uh, for the evening. And I'm sitting next to Vince at the bar and I'm having a conversation to someone over here on my left. Vince is over on my right. And I'm kind of like having this conversation with this person to my left. 
but I'm sort of kind of eavesdropping over here on Vincent's conversation that he's having. And this guy's talking to Vince and he's like, hey, man, you know, why don't you do more workshops? Like, I would love to learn, you know, some cinematography stuff from you. And I would love to come to one of your workshops, but you rarely ever have them available. And what he said to this dude was like hit me right between the eyes. And he's like, listen, I'm I'm just hitting 40 uh, in my life. And this is the time in my life I need to be making my work. Like if, if I'm not, you know, I need to be making my work right now. And he's like, I love to teach. I love helping people out. I love to get people excited about this medium as I get excited about it. But honestly, right now, I need to be working in it. I will eventually teach more. But that's when I've got a good solid body of work under my belt that I'm proud of that I can say, yes, I made this stuff. And I just sat there going, because we're about the same age. And I'm like, I'm getting into my 40s and I need to be making my work. And there's a great uh, guy, Jeffrey Woods, Jeff and Julia Woods. Um, I met them some years ago, uh, photographers. And Jeff warned me back then. He's like, Zach, you're going to have a hard time. You can either teach or you can shoot, but you, you can't do both. It's the very rare individual who can do both. The, the only person I know who can teach and shoot is Joe McNally. Yeah. But, but Joe's been shooting since I was in diapers, you know? Yeah. So he's got stories of like... three years. Yeah. No, oh, whatever. <laughs> Joe has stories Just of like... Just in case he's listening. <laughs> I was... You know, I got on this plane with Peter Jennings and we flew to this place and I had $2 in my pocket. Like... I mean, he's got stories like he's been like he has literally been smuggled out of countries on a Russian like drug smuggling plane. (laughs) I'm seriously like Joe McNally has lived more life than you and I have combined. So he can shoot and teach. He and and he's brilliant at that. He's also. At the, I'm not making excuses, but he's also at the age where all of his children are grown up. He doesn't have to be back for a soccer game or he doesn't have yeah. to be back for a like, oh, wait, that's spring break and the kids are off school. Yeah. Like, you know how many spring breaks I miss? You know how many like, oh, my God, like there's this thing happening, you know, and I have to take this job and I'm missing because, you know, my kids, I still have young kids at home. Um, so I have to be like, I'm sorry, I can't do that job. I can't, I can't take that. I lost last spring break, so I'm not taking another job this spring break. Um, we may not do any, we may not go on vacation because we're broke because I'm not taking the job, but I'm going to be home, you know? And so it's a tough, 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 tough balance. And... I, w- I want to let those of you out there, if you're struggling with, I can't find the balance, that's that's okay. So, teaching, it's hard to do both, right? Yep. And, um, y- you know, the, the other the other thing that, that has too much power in my life in, in on this topic of education and other things are internet trolls. And this is what I figured about internet. This is what I've figured out about internet trolls. 
internet trolls are saying publicly what you feel yourself internally, right? Like I definitely struggle with internal uh, or not with internal, but with imposter syndrome. Like at any moment, people are going to find out that I'm a hack and I don't know what I'm doing. And I, you know, like I'm struggling with these things and what internet trolls do is they publicly say the things that you're struggling with yourself, right? And far too many times I have, um, I have, you know, started conversation with trolls, you know, like if it's blog comments or somebody on social media, like, well, that person, you know, the only reason they're teaching workshops is because, you know, they can't get any work as a photographer. The only reason they're teaching workshops is because they can't handle it. You know, they're they're teaching people and making all this money to to do this thing that they can't themselves do, you know. And I've said those same exact things to myself at three o'clock in the morning when I can't sleep, you know, like I'm teaching workshops because I'm not working or I'm not doing this. I'm not good enough. I'm never going to shoot the cover of Rolling Stone. Like, I really don't know what I'm doing. Or so-and-so is a way better photographer. Yeah, they totally are a way better photographer than I am. Um, I'm never going to get to that level of photography. And and I hate, I f-ing hate the, the, the phrase, you know, those who can't do teach. Because where the f*** would we be if someone had not come alongside and taught us where would we be if someone hadn't inspired us you know taught us some things for a long time i let those few little trolls control me like i i never got more grief than when i started working with fuji I bought a Fuji X100, fell in love with it, blogged about it, you know, really liked their their camera and for all its problems and quirks and weirdness and stuff, I, I fell in love with the little Fuji X100. That led into a, you know, an opportunity for me to go to India to, to make a promotional video for one of their new cameras. And it was awesome. I got to go to India. I got this new camera and it gave me an opportunity to see a place that I wouldn't have normally been able to go see on my own. But then the trolls came out. Well, Zach's just making all this money and he's, you know, just a shill now and he's sold out and he's all this. And and after a couple of years of that, I was like, you know what? F*** it. I'm going back to being independent. I'm never going to have a relationship with another manufacturer again in my life. Like, I, you know, stopped working with Fuji. Um, Fuji put passports, uh, stamps in my passport. Um, you know, the thing that trolls don't understand is you're not making all this money. You know, it's not this like, wow, I'm living this rich, fat life off all this Fuji money. Like, that's, I get paid a day rate like a commercial client. Like, if Coca-Cola hires me, I get a you know, day rate and I get to go do the job. And then I come home and I say, Hey, I did this job for Coca-Cola. No one calls me a shill for Coca-Cola. But as soon as I like, Hey, I just did this thing for Fuji. Like now I'm a shill. Um, and I gave trolls and my own lack of self-confidence too much control over my life. 
that's not to say that I'm going to take any opportunity that comes my way. I've I turned down more opportunities than I take because I do want to have a level of integrity about what I do. And I the, the great thing about getting older, honestly, is the less f- you have to give. You know, like definitely. Oh, so somebody on Petapixel has an issue with me. <laughs> they have an issue with everybody so i really don't care you know like i love petapixel but i really wish they would just disable comments talking about the uh zero to give yeah if you haven't watched it yet netflix ricky gervais afterlife oh dude okay yes any a anything ricky gervais does i will always watch in fact just before coming on this podcast i was watching a compilation of clips of ricky gervais on the graham norton show oh for yeah me. yeah because ricky gervais is a hero of he's mine. brilliant I, oh i love I, him i love it love it and and derek yeah is one of the greatest shows ever produced segway my son caleb who you had asked about earlier um K- caleb is my kid that like at least I got one thing right in life is Caleb. And I try to remind his brothers all the time of this. At least Caleb I got right. You guys have a lot to live up to. But <laughs> Caleb and I both got sick. We got like the flu a few years back. And so we were both just crashed on the couch for a couple of days. And we started watching Derek. And uh, the, oh, the oh, I can't remember his name. The, the really weird pervy Cold. guy that's... The, oh no, no not Carl Parkinson, the other guy. That um Yeah, I know who you mean. The, the one the, always hanging around. Yeah, yeah, the weirdo one. Weirdo perv. There's this interview with him, like in the show. They're talking to him. And he said, you know, I'm not Oh damn it. How how's it go? It it's something like I haven't failed because I tried. It's it's I failed because I never tried. Mm-hmm. Sort of a thing. Yeah. And Caleb just started crying like a baby. Um, And this was at a point in time where he was just kind of sitting around, not doing a whole lot with himself. And he wasn't a failure because he had tried to do something and hadn't done it. He was a failure because he just hadn't even tried, you know. And so then both of us are just like sick, ugly crying on the couch, you know. Um, Because Ricky Gervais is brilliant in all that he does. Um, And I'm so proud of my son. He's 20 years old now. And for the last two and a half years, he's been living in Dubai. At 18 years old, he moved to Dubai. uh, Took a job with Golf Photo Plus full-time out there. Wow. And he's been doing it. And I miss that kid so much. He's so far away. But he's out there. Like doing it he's teaching education teaching photography he's great at it um and he's like doing social media stuff for them and shooting his own assignment work out there in dubai um and at 18 years old this is his college you know and um as much as i tried to talk him out of being a photographer that's what he's doing right now with his life (laughs) So, yeah. well, make sure you watch Afterlife. Okay. 
because Dave recommended it to me the other day, and I thought, right, I'll sit down, I'll watch one yeah. episode. I binge watched all six, one after yeah. the other. It is unbelievable. If you like Derek, because I, I kind of skimmed through Derek and I'm just getting back into it because I never really thoroughly watched it. Yeah. And after Afterlife, the first thing is like, I'm watching Derek. Yeah. Cause, oh, my God. Just Derek. Like the pathos and, the, and just the yeah. just some of the life stuff in there. We'll, we'll go through it. <sighs> well, I think one of the things we always tend to do in this podcast is we have a segment which I, we try to run every time and we call it Loves and Loathes. I think, if I'm honest, Dave, I think we've probably we know the kind of thing that you're not liking yeah, and they kind of get you riled and what have you. But so, so we've covered that. So what, what do you love about the industry or the, what you do? What's, what's the thing that straight away you think, yeah, I love that. What I love most about what I get to do is I get to travel to new places. I get to meet new people on a regular basis. Um, there's a, I believe it's attributed to Jay Mizell. Um, a great quote, if you want to be a more interesting photographer, become a more interesting person. And that's one of those, like, it works great as a little square graphic with a nice font and a out of focus, you know, unsplash free photograph on Facebook. Um, and like, yeah, that sounds awesome. But like, what does that actually mean in your life? Like, how do you become a more interesting person? Um, and for me, I've kind of broken it down into to three things. If you if you want to be a more interesting photographer, you have to become a more interesting person. And to become a more interesting person, three things you can do to do that. Uh, number one, travel to new places. Number two, meet new people. And number three, learn new things. Um, so if you can see more of this world, if you can meet people outside of the bubble that you live in, and if you can learn things outside of whatever it is you do with your life, yeah, you will become a more interesting person. And what happens is when you're a more interesting person, you're number one, you're more empathetic to people different than you. You're more empathetic and more understanding of different cultures than you are. And you have different talking points to start discussions and conversations with people if your life is a little more broad than just one singular topic right um and so photography for me has taken me to new places i would have never gone it has introduced me to people i would have never met and that's from people working the streets you know in different cities um, to CEOs, to celebrities, and all of that. Um, the thing that I work on for myself right now of uh, learning new things is I'm learning how to cook. Last few years, I wanted, I wanted a hobby that would never turn into a job. And so I started to learn how to cook. And learning how to cook, when I go to... S- a new place, I can take interest in their food. Um, I can say, wow, this was a great meal. Could I possibly go back to the kitchen and meet the chef? And like, I, I'd love to see how this this meal was created or where did, what, what's in this sauce? Could I go back into the kitchen and, and like learn a little bit about this sauce? And, the, and people 
are amazing. People are amazing. They'll open up. Like if they love something, they'll be like, hell yeah, come back here to the, look. All right, so what I do is I take these spices and I take this thing and I do this stuff and I throw it in this pan and I like, wow, look at that. And you learn new stuff. And that creates, you know, new conversations you can have with other people. I meet, I meet celebrities and I meet CEOs a lot. And these are people who travel and they, they're involved in different things. And if I can find a common point, um, it, it was often said that Yusef Karsh, Yusef Karsh was, again, a hero in our industry. Um, was an amazing photographer. And he could shoot, you know, a pauper or a prince. He could be photographing in a slum one day and be photographing the king of that country the next day. And he could hold a conversation with anyone, no matter who he was photographing, no matter where they were on the socioeconomic scale of life. It was said that Yusef Karsh could could hold his own with anyone and that that anyone would enjoy a conversation with him. And I want to be that type of person. And you can't have a conversation with everybody about camera equipment or what new lens you bought, right? But you can have a conversation about a meal that you've had. You can have a conversation about a place that you've been to. Exactly. Um, And so that's important to me. And then what I loathe, I'll tell you what I loathe about this. (laughs) I'll tell you. Is all of the bullshit about this camera, that camera, this brand, that brand, this lens, that lens. Oh, no, 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 no. Nikon this, Canon this, Fuji that, Sony this. Well, the frame rate is this. And the, <laughs> look look at the noise levels at ISO 12 gabillion and this. And gabillion. Cl- clearly... Clearly, the AR Mark Three Nine Seven R Two D Two is better because of the blah blah blah. And if you're shooting a Five D Mark C Three PO, then you're dumb. Like, dude, all of the brand and model number, you know, sucks. And and. And where it sucks is like, I would love to have a YouTube channel of the why of photography, but it will never, ever, ever reach the people of the what of photography. Yeah. Right? Mm. Like, if you do a f***ing unboxing video of the new Nikon mirrorless (laughs) blah, 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 Z6, Z7, since you guys are in the UK and you say Z, um... (laughs) It, you know, unboxing the brand new blah, blah, blah. Half a million views, you know. Yeah. The philosophical underpinnings of this Karsh photo. Ten views. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I, I get s- it. I get it. Like, I used to be stuck up in that thing, too. So, it's a, it's a, it's, it's part of the process. It's part of the evolution of being a photographer. I don't give a fuck about camera equipment <laughs> anymore. I don't give two Well, Glenn quotes you all the time on camera. <laughs> Glenn, there's this one thing about um, when to buy a new camera that you oh, got well, from no, you. It was, I think it was something that you said when I first kind of met you, and you were talking about modifiers. 
and he was talking about the umbrella and all this kind of stuff and he's saying about how much kit you've all, everyone buys it and then they never use it yeah and, and i think one of the things and i'm paraphrasing now was you basically said don't buy anything modifier especially unless you know all the idiosyncrasies of that modifier what you can right. what you can't do it because then when you do get something you know why you're getting it yes and that's yes. what made me stick with using an umbrella for ages amen Amen. Amen, preacher. <laughs> like, do not buy equipment because someone said you need it. Buy equipment because of why you know you need it. Yeah. I have an umbrella, and my umbrella does this and this and this and this. But I get into these situations where I would rather my umbrella act like this. What will act like that? Oh, a softbox with a grid with a grid will act like that. Like you, you purchase equipment because you know why, right? Mm, yeah. And. And that's where I try to teach from. I honestly, my, my education stuff. So like if, if I'm going to pimp myself out right now, I've got a new class um, coming out with someone you just interviewed for your podcast, Sue Bryce. Yep. Sue Bryce runs the Portrait Masters um, platform. And I've got a new class coming out. It's either dropping, it's either tomorrow or it's like by mid next week at the latest. Yeah. Um, and it's the foundations of the craft of portrait photography and one of the biggest things that that i one of my my number one goals for that class this is this is a class built for people who are just getting started or you know they're they're struggling with the craft of photography like the numbers and the apertures and the f you know shutter speeds and the isos and the things and the stuff and the umbrellas and the soft boxes and the 50 millimeter versus 85 millimeter and the crop sensor versus full frame and the th- 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 the big like overarching principle that i have for this class is that whatever gear you have you can make it happen with that i know that that 50 millimeter 1.2 is out there and you want it and and just oh my if i could just have that new 5d mark whatever it is if i could if i could get out of nikon and move to sony and get that new sony the 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 the, whatever i just got like i want to give people permission to have a five-year-old canon rebel with a kit lens and go make great photography with it because you can you know like like cooking, like I talked about cooking earlier. Um, I'm all into cooking right now. I'm by no means a chef. There will never be a Michelin star after my name. Um, but I watch cooking videos like crazy. Learning how to cook has taught me, A, how to be a teacher, and B, how to be new at something, and people are really interested in it, right? I've watched your Instagram <clears throat> lives cooking. You I love it. So Bryce, you cooked at home, you were doing a meal, I watched that. Yep. If if I can if I can teach someone how to deglaze a pan, I've done my job in this world cuz check you out learned, your cooking terms. Dude, when I learned how to deglaze a pan, do you know how much time that saved me like cleaning up shit? like oh, all I got to do is pour this in there and I have a great sauce or gravy afterwards? Yeah. Um so I'll watch cooking videos all the time. And I just watched this cooking video yesterday uh, where it was a challenge to a chef. And she could only use a coffee maker to make a three-course meal. 
She had your just standard old coffee maker and she had to make an appetizer, a main dish, and a dessert in a coffee maker. And she was like, what the hell am I going to do? And she made this awesome three-course meal with a coffee maker. (laughs) Seriously. Like, it was... It was awesome. It was this like little shrimp salad thing um, for the appetizer and then this poached salmon dish is the main and then these chocolate truffles at the end and she made it all in a coffee maker. Wow. And that's the kind of photographer I want to be. I want to be the kind of photographer that you can hand me a 10-year-old Kanikon Pentax Olympus, Panasonic, iPhone, whatever, you can hand me one of those and I'll go make pictures with it. Now, would I like to have a medium format and a softbox and a this and a that and three assistants and a helicopter? Of (laughs) course, right? We all want all the stuff and all the toys. But I want to be the type of photographer, hand me the simplest, simplest of tools I can like make something happen with that. Yeah. You know? That's who I want to be. And so like my new Sue Bryce Portrait Masters class is about that. Like it's about giving people permission to not have all of the equipment, but being a photographer here and not, you know, with a camera in front be of you. Be confident your face. in it's- the craft, not the equipment. Exactly. I'm, t- I'm totally going to call this episode Zacharias. He must have a really nice saucepan. <laughs> <laughs> right? Stephen King must have a really great typewriter. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right? Uh, Stephen Hawking had an awesome calculator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, and um, uh, if, I, if I were to push anything else, the last thing it. I were to push, if yeah. I if I can put on my fur coat and my high heels and get out on the street corner here is my dead pixel tour. Okay. This is, this is my most favorite thing I'm doing right now. I just did the first one last year and we have one coming up this year. Um, so I have a friend, Andre, who is producing these for me. We did a project together, uh, for an NGO, uh, back like four years ago. And he's like, so what have you been thinking about lately, Zach? I was like, you know what I'd like to do? I would like to do kind of a, not a workshop, but a trip kind of thing where people would meet me at an airport and they'd have their camera and a bag of clothes and a passport. And then they have no idea what's happening after that. And he loved the idea. And it took us four years to figure out how to do this. Uh, We just did our first one last November. Uh, So we had a small group of people meet us in Johannesburg and for the next 10 days, they had zero idea <laughs> what we would be doing after that. And it was the greatest adventure I've ever had in my life. And we have uh, Dead Pixel 2 coming up. Um, this year, we are meeting in Dubai. And five people from the last trip have already signed up. So it's already wow. half full. We meet in Dubai. And basically, we take possession of you for the next 10 to 11 days. You have no idea where we're going. It is trains, planes, and automobiles. You you do not what know what's going to happen the next day. <laughs> just 
meet me in Dubai, have your passport, have this bit of camera gear, and dress for these weather conditions. Dress for base camp. <laughs> and and off we go. And wow. it was unbelievable. So we, we did Johannesburg. Uh, we met in Johannesburg. We um, took off and um, we did three different countries in uh, Southern Africa. Uh, we drove across the Namibian desert. Um, it was amazing. And yeah. Where, where can people get the details of this then, Zach? Deadpixeltour.com. And that's D-E-D-P-X-L tour.com. Brilliant. God, that sounds, and that, like, that sounds like it should be a reality show. Oh, it, dude, it was unbelievable. So Andre produced it. Um, and I told Andre, I was like, I want to know about 70% of what's about to happen keep a little bit of, of it from me as well um, because I also want to be surprised a little bit um, but yeah we um, man, and this was the cool thing with uh, Johannesburg uh, with the Johannesburg trip is every major stop we made I didn't want it to be a thing where it was just westerners coming in taking pictures and leaving so we worked with organizations on the ground there so that our 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 photography was part of a project to help organizations um you know local organizations out so we worked with an education initiative in uh, johannesburg Uh, we worked um in soweto where uh, nelson mandela was born and where kind of the uprisings against apartheid were all came out of we worked there for two days then we took off to a game ranch in northern south africa where this game ranch is owned by the local community and so the money from the game ranch goes back into the local community so we worked with them and did pictures for the community and things like that drove up through botswana hopped a plane over to windhoek in namibia rented three old school land cruisers drove across the desert um, we did a product shoot for a, um, an organization. They make these really nice handbags, and the handbags are all locally sourced materials, all ethically sourced materials. Um, and they hire local women <clears throat> in villages to make the handbags, and the profits go back into these villages and go back to the women. So we did this whole product shoot out in the Namibian desert. And then drove up the skeleton coast. <clears throat> like, it was unbelievable. Like, seriously, it was unreal. Um, it was like, it was, because Andre and I are both really big fans of original Top Gear. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that sense of adventure, you know, um, in all the old Top Gear, like, yeah, episodes yeah. and now Grand Tour. Um, big Jeremy Clarkson fans over here. And um, uh, so, yeah, we have a little Top Gear inspiration to what <laughs> we do. Superb. Well, we'll definitely put the details of that in the show notes, Dave, yeah? So we can get... Yeah, absolutely, yeah. 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 I was going to say, you, you know, we had this with Matt, where somebody starts talking about something that really fires them up, and Zach's body language yeah. and his face is just... You've just been, like, the biggest <laughs> smile on your face you could see how important that was to you. Yeah. So we'll put the details. The number... That. I'm telling you, the number one thing you can do as a human 
um, outside of some of the cliches of like parenthood and falling in love and learning French cooking, um, is getting stamps in your passport. That that should be your goal. And, and if buying a new camera or a new lens keeps you from getting a stamp in your passport, then don't buy that camera or that lens. Go get a stamp in your passport. If that means shooting the same camera for the next year, shoot the same camera for the next year. Yeah. Experiences, not things, definitely. We have one single life that we get to live on this planet. And um, we should see the absolute most of it as possible. Yeah. Agree with that. Cool. That's right. a great way to finish. I think it is. words. See, seeing <laughs> as it's pizza night and you're having a night off cooking, we need to let you get on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Get pizza ordered. Hey, listen, I just want to give a special shout out to my my best Geordie friend, Craig Marshall, there in the UK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Craig Marshall. Uh, Here's to you. Uh, Geordie talk. Why are you pet? Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank Absolutely. you very much, Zach. It's been such a pleasure to catch up with you because I say I we we the last time we actually spent time in in your company was I think Washington Photoshop World at the yep. we went bowling. So it's actually nice to nice to see you again. It'd be good to catch up soon at another event. Yeah, and it's good so, to see you too, Dave and Glenn. Yeah, and and genuinely thank you because, uh, like I say, you've yeah yeah. I said this at the start, but I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if it hadn't been for you, mate. So thank you so much. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if it weren't for all the people of shoulders I'm standing on in front of me, you know, yeah. like, so cool. I'm glad to pay it forward. So, Brilliant. and you guys through your podcast and, and all the stuff that you're doing, man, like you're, you're the next pair of shoulders that other people are standing on. So oh. this is what we do. Cool. Yeah. You know, no, that's great. We Brilliant. love it. Thank you so much, mate. And uh, hopefully, All right, mate. not uh, oh, mate. won't be too too long now until we catch up. I'm going to be in Phoenix, by the way, for the Portrait Masters. I don't know if you're going to be there. I uh, am going to be there. Well, I shall I see you there. there. I will Portrait see Masters. you there. Yeah, yeah. See, this goes this goes back to one of those dad things. Is I could have gone, but it's my daughter's first year at high school, and it's the first week. Oh and, and, yeah, and it falls in that, fa- and I can't. I missed her birthday a couple of years ago. I'm missing two back-to-back wedding anniversaries. I can't miss my daughter's first week <laughs> at high school, so I've had to drop out of it. Otherwise, I'd have seen you. Kids, they're such yeah. a pain, aren't they? <laughs> and on that bombshell, <laughs> on that bombshell, <laughs> <laughs> on that bombshell. <laughs> nice I love done. you guys. Thanks, oh, Zach. Cheers, Cheers Zach. Yeah. thanks very much. Cheers. Brilliant. Hi. I'm Zach Arias, and you're listening to the He Shits and He Draws podcast. <laughs> That's an outtake. <laughs> <laughs> the so only I reason I wanted to do this podcast was just so I could say that. Did you order pizza yet? No, I no. haven't ordered pizza yet. It's Thursday night. Thursday night is my night off from cooking for the fam, so we order pizza on Thursday nights. Okay, Hawk, can you stop riding your skateboard, please? And Gracie, can you stop drinking your water? <laughs> Can you hear that? <laughs> that's got to go into an outtake as oh, well. Oh, that's going in. But just so we to, had to stop when Zach took a drink. <laughs> yeah, but just, but just to clarify, that is Zach's dog drinking water. Yes, yeah, that's not... That's <laughs> not. <laughs>
I only sound like that after like 10 o'clock at night. 